Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It is Monday, September 18th, and I'm Amanda Harris, joined by Riley Wolfbauer and Johnny Martinez. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending September 15th, 2023. In automotive news, the UAW went on strike against the Detroit legacy companies Ford Motor Company, General Motors, and Stellantis on Friday following unsuccessful contract negotiations over the past few weeks. Roughly 8% of the union's auto workers, or about 12,700 UAW members, are on strike across a Salinas plant in Toledo, a General Motors plant in Winsville, Missouri, and a Ford assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan. An extended strike could cause further supply shortages in what is already a tight inventory environment. Prices on used vehicles have been improving, and incentives have been making a comeback for new vehicles. But a long strike could reverse the progress that has been made since the worst of the COVID-induced shortages and lead to higher vehicle prices. Average transaction prices inched up 0.8% sequentially and 1.6% year-over-year in August. The average MSRP also increased to $48,779, up 1% sequentially and 4.3% year-over-year. Meanwhile, tighter supply has led to elevated dealer profits, which has created a new normal for supply levels going forward, according to a study from Kerrigan Advisors that surveyed OEM executives in the dealership buy-sell advisors database. 61% of respondents indicated the new normal for day supply of new car inventory will land between 30 and 60 days, while 21% believe 30 days will be the new standard. Obviously, we'll have to see how the strikes affect that. Elevated dealer profits and increased valuations have also led to increased merger and acquisition activity among dealerships over the past two years. Asbury Automotive Inc., the largest auto retail acquisition since 2021 and the third largest in, in the industry's history in terms of purchase price with a $1.2 billion purchase of Jim Coons Automotive Companies. Asbury acquired all of Coons assets, including real estate, vehicles, and the Mid-Atlantic region companies, 20 new vehicle dealerships, 29 franchises, and six collision centers. In auto finance news, BMO Financial Group became the latest bank to exit indirect auto lending. The bank, based in Canada but with a large presence in the U.S., including California, no longer accepted applications as of Friday, but will honor approvals granted before then. BMO will continue to provide auto loans directly to consumers, as well as commercial auto lending, such as floor plan financing for dealers. The move comes following BMO's acquisition of San Francisco-based Bank of the West in February and multiple rounds of layoffs in the past year. BMO joins a list of banks that have exited indirect auto lending to focus on more profitable business lines. Citizens Bank and Mechanics Bank exited indirect auto lending earlier this year. Capital One, Fifth Third, and PSC Financial also scaled back their indirect auto lending businesses this past year. Meanwhile, Westlake Financial expanded its offering with Pagaya Technologies to grow its full-spectrum portfolio. Westlake is working with the tech provider to offer improved decisions and applications for its more than 14,000 dealer partners. The move allows Westlake to expand beyond its credit box to reach a larger segment of borrowers. When an application comes to Westlake through dealer management systems such as Dealer Checker Route 1, the application automatically runs through Westlake's AI-based decision technology and with sec within seconds provides an approval, a conditional approval, or a rejection. Based on certain metrics, some applications are also run through Pagaya's decision engine at the same time, allowing Westlake to compare its own with Pagaya's version of the deal before passing it to the dealership. 
Westlake still originates a loan and presents it as a Westlake deal to the dealer. They do receive a fee for originating the loan and selling it to Pagaya. In compliance news, an Illinois bill requiring repossession agencies to wipe consumer data from vehicles before they leave a repo lot will go into effect January 1st, 2024, after it was signed into law on July 28th. The Illinois law amends the state's Collateral Recovery Act and requires licensed repossession agents to clear, erase, delete, or otherwise eliminate personal information collected or stored in or by the vehicle. The new bill is a sign that the Illinois General Assembly requires that key personal data is stored in vehicles, and mismanagement of that data could lead to identity theft or loss of privacy. Last week, Riley also covered auto credit access improving in August. Riley, what's going on there? Yeah, so according to the Dealer Track Credit Availability Index, um, consumer access to auto credit increased 1.8% month over month, um, but declined 2.8% year over year to 99.1% in August on the index. Um, so yield spreads narrowed, subprime share increased, and that contributed to credit access overall, uh, indicated that it was improving. However, um, average terms on loans increased. Uh, consumer decline in down payments, and approval rates declining moved against consumers' access to credit. Uh, I spoke with Scott Kunas, Chief Operating Officer of Kunas Automotive Group, and he said that they've been seeing credit access loosen up a little bit within their dealerships. And he also noted that he, he named a few lenders. He named Ally Financial, AmeriCredit, Santander Consumer USA, and U.S. Bank as all uh, institutions that have kind of re-entered the market stronger than they were in the spring by loosening credit and also expanding uh, indirect or indirect leasing programs. Uh, he said Ally for One has been trying to look to expand its program through lease offerings, while the other ones have kind of brought back like loosened up credit a little bit to expand portfolios. So that's pretty much what's been going on there. There's that's pretty much the gist. Great, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Thanks, Riley. And finally, in Power Sports, RV values declined in July. Johnny has the details. Yeah, so it, this is a situation where, you know, not only did RV values decline, but we're also seeing shipments continue to decline, registrations continue to decline. Even the, the dealer sentiment index saw a little bit of decline for the near-term future. And it's really just the, this market, you know, we're coming off of the pandemic highs, and everything is trying to get it back to normal. And with that happening, it, it's causing a lot of things to trend downward. But both, you know, the the RVIA, the, the RVDA, they're starting to, to talk about how we're sort of hitting that point of stability to where now, you know, the, there's a little bit of a better outlook for the long term in the, the RVDA's uh, dealer sentiment index. And so it's, there's a little more positivity that we're finally kind of hitting this this normalization point, this place where values, shipments, registrations, it's finally back to a place where it's sustainable following everything of the past few years. Great. Well, that about does it for today's episode. As a reminder, you can purchase all your all access pass to Auto Finance Summit and the Power Source Finance Summit to attend both events, October 29th to 31st at the Bellagio in Las Vegas for 20% off. You can get your all access pass at www.autofinance.live. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time. <laughs>